0: Everybody doing okay? Everybody warm? Maybe? Kind of? Sort of? Well, it's so good to be with you in worship this morning. If I I forgot to introduce myself when I came up here earlier this morning. My name is Rick, and I have the joy and privilege of being the pastor here. And uh, so we just want to say, again, just welcome. We want to welcome those of you that are watching with us online as well. And uh, anybody ready for Thanksgiving? Anyone ready? So, yeah, so we're just wrapping up. Coming around the corner and Thanksgiving is just a few days away and it's one of my favorite holidays uh, because I love turkey um, and turkey is one of my favorite uh, foods to eat and so I so look forward to that. Uh, and I hope that you all are just getting ready to have some time with family or friends or whatever that looks like, whatever your Thanksgiving looks like. And, uh, and I just want you to know right up from the beginning that I'm grateful for you, and I'm thankful for you being a part of Warehouse Church. And uh, so I want to welcome you back to our teaching series called Kindness. And we, uh, have been, uh, we're spending three weeks, starting last week, looking at what it means to be kind, and we're, we're thinking about what does that look like? What does it mean to be kind? And last week we talked about, uh, is God kind? And we said, if we're going to talk about kindness, we've got to know from the very beginning, we've got to answer the question, is God kind? And so we discovered last week that God is kind, and even, uh, even when we're not sure, that He's always kind. Kind and uh, and it's been so amazing uh, to see so many of you posting uh, your acts of kindness on our social media page uh, or at our website at warehousechurch.life forward slash be kind and so because here's the deal we're doing 500 acts of kindness in just 21 days. And I have so enjoyed going to the the website and looking at your stories and looking at you sharing how you've been kind. And so people have have talked about how it helped someone with a flat tire. Uh, Someone else let someone else in line at Food City, and it was crazy there, and they let a couple people in line. Uh, Others of you have talked about how you bought someone uh, lunch at the drive-thru, or you talked about how you had lunch with someone, or you took someone shopping. Uh, And and there's so many great stories. And I just want to encourage you, keep sharing your stories. Uh, It lifts me up. Like, I found myself every day going on there and finding and hoping that there'd be another new story about your kindness towards other people. I even saw that Chuck Rowe, he was kind this week, and I don't know if you baked the cake or someone else baked the cake, uh, but... uh, but gave a cake on the day on Wednesday when we were to give cakes to people in the community and you brought a cake to one of our, uh, to Brian Griffith. And so good job. And, uh, and so, um, so it's just so amazing to see how you all are being kind. And today we're, we're talking about how kindness uh, can be expressed inside the church like we said we're going to look at kindness from three different angles we're going to look at kindness our kindness from God to us we're gonna look at kindness within the church and what kindness looks like and how it's expressed inside the church and then next week we're going to talk about how kindness is expressed outside the church in the community and uh, and so as many of you many of you know that uh my dad was killed when I was a senior in high school. And, and I've shared my story, and I've shared how that rocked my world, and how it really, it soured me, and I became bitter and angry towards God. And, and what you may not know, though, is that the local church played a huge, huge role in helping me find my way back to God. And it wasn't just the church as a whole, but I can remember the kids in my church youth group, because I, I was a senior in high school, and I went to the youth group, and it was the kids in my youth group that were reaching out to me and, and, and time and time again and checking on me and checking in on me because I checked out on the church. Like I was like, God, I don't know if you're kind, like you took, my, you took my dad's life. I was blaming God for what happened to my dad and it wasn't God's fault at all and I was angry. And my, my friends in my youth group just kept checking up on me and they kept inviting me. They kept inviting me back to church. They kept inviting me to uh, hang out with them on Friday night or Saturday night. Uh, they knew what I was going through, they knew that I was hurting and they knew that I needed kindness. And they also continued to pray for me. Not only were they showing me acts of kindness, but they continued to pray for me and it was their kindness that played a huge role in leading me back to God and back to the church. You see, kindness is a really big deal. And as the church, we have an important role You and I, we have an important role to play in leading others to Jesus. You see, we're all a part of the welcoming team here. Like you may not work out in first impressions and you may not work out uh, at the welcome desk and greet people when they come in. uh, But we're all a part of the welcoming team here because we often are the first people that other people meet. We're often the first ones. That people meet when they come here and we are the ones that have to show them the kindness of God and we are the ones that have to uh, have to lead them to the kindness of God and we're the ones that have to bring them back to the kindness of God like that church did for me when I was a young man we are the one that have to ones that have to encourage them to hold on to the kindness of God when nothing else seems like it matters and the truth is, is if you're a follower of Jesus the truth is this, that kindness is not optional. Like, I don't know if you realize it or not, but when you join Jesus' team, when you said yes to Jesus, that kindness is not an option for you. It's kind of a command. And if you don't believe me, look with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. And this is written by Paul who was an apostle, and he's writing it to the church at Ephesus, and he says this to the church. He says, hey, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, and brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. And I'm like, what is going on at this church? Like, Paul's writing this letter, and he's saying, hey, y'all need to get rid of your bitterness and your rage, but he also says, you need to get rid of your brawling and your slander. Like, are people leaping over the chairs and taking swings at people? I don't know what's going on at the church, but Paul's like, you need to get rid of All this stuff that's going on. And then he says this in verse 32. He says, here's the deal, church. I want you to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you. I don't know if you caught it or not, but Paul commands us as the church to be compassionate towards one another and to be kind to one another that we should be kind to the people in this room, we should be kind to each other, and, and that we are to forgive one another, right? We're to forgive one another as Jesus has forgiven us. Paul's like, church, you've got to be kind. So Paul commands us to express kindness to one another. And, and while the world tells us that kindness is weak, well, I, I hope you know that kindness really is our superpower as a church. That kindness is the thing that turns people towards God. Our kindness turns people towards God. It really is our superpower. Kindness is not just for wimps, right? Kindness is not just for girly girls. Like kindness is for every one of us. And so today I want to talk about the transforming power of kindness within the church, what it looks like within the church. You see, kindness changes everything. It changes everything. Kindness is spirit produced. I don't know if you realize or not, but it's a part of the fruit of the spirit that kindness comes from the Holy Spirit. It's spirit driven. And most importantly, kindness is love in action. And someone once said these words, they said, kindness is no small thing, right? You know that kindness is no small thing. It yields marvelous fruit, both in our lives and in the lives of those around us. You see, when we're kind, we're bearing the fruit of God in us, and we're also bearing the fruit of God in the lives of those around us. And so let's look at what kindness looks like in the church. Like, I just want to share a few things with you that I've learned from the Bible of what kindness looks like within the church and how it can impact us. And the first thing I think we need to know is this, that kindness is a powerful testimony to others. That kindness is a powerful testimony to others. A few weeks ago, we went to Jenny Wiley to the campground. And a few of us went out there and we provided a cookout for the folks that have been displaced because of the flood. And so they're living at the campground and trailers that were provided for them. And so we just showed up and we had a cookout. They knew we were coming and we had hamburgers and hot dogs and a ton of food. And a few people showed up and there was this one lady named Tanya. And Tanya, she began to share her story with us. And I love this because she was sitting with me next to me on the bleachers, and she was sharing her story. And she was, uh, had family in Florida, and, I, and we were from around the same area in Florida. And we were talking, and she's telling her story. And then someone came up and said, hey, Pastor Rick. And she goes, you're the preacher? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. She goes, I would have never guessed. I'm like, neither would I. So, uh, um, so she was like, but she was so uh, moved, by our simple act of kindness. And she couldn't believe that a church would do such a thing as to come and to provide uh, a meal for the folks in the campground. And, and she said, I want to come to y'all's church. Like, that's what she said. She said, I want to come to y'all's church. And, and in other words, what Tanya was saying was, if there's a church out there where there's this kind of friendship, because here's what Tanya witnessed She saw us being kind to one another. She saw us playing with one another. We were playing cornhole together. She saw us laughing together. She saw us encouraging one another. She saw this, and she said, Man, if there's a church, church where there is this kind of friendship, and if there's a church where there's this love and this kindness, then this is the church that I want to be a part of. This is the church that I want to go to. And I love it because Tanya came a couple weeks ago, and she was a part of our church, and she doesn't always have a ride, so she can't always make it. But, but our kindness, our kindness towards one another was a powerful testimony in her life. So much as she said, I want to be a part Warehouse Church. But here's the deal. If we're going to continue to be a testimony, we have to tell others about the kindness that can be found here, right? Like our testimony, our story is a powerful testimony to others. We We have to let others know what happens in these four walls. We have to let them know that there are people here that are kind to one another. Now, a few months ago, my family and I, we were eating at El Azu Grande, right? I can't say it any other way. At El Azu Grande. And so, um, so we were eating there. And uh, after Sunday, after church one day, and, and, uh, and we were finished. And I went up to pay the bill. And, and the man at the counter said, oh, someone already paid for you. And, and it was one of you. And I say, thank you again, because that was such a blessing. And, but here's the cool part. The cool part was that I was able to tell the man at the register, oh, they go to our church, and that's the kind of things that we do. We're a kind church, and we need to let people know of the kindness that happens here because it's a powerful testimony, a powerful testimony to the world uh, of the love that we have for one another, and Jesus knew this. And he knew the power of the testimony. And that's why he says this in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. He said these words to the disciples. He said, a new command, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, Jesus said, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, Jesus knew the power of kindness. He knew the power of of the disciples, the apostles loving one another. He knew that if they would love one another as he first loved them, that it would impact the first church and it would impact the world. He knew the power and the testimony of kindness. Kindness expressed between one another, it serves as a powerful, powerful testimony. And we need to tell others about it the, second thing, the act of, uh, uh, second thing I want you to know is an act of kindness, big or small, no matter how big or small it is, it draws us closer to each other, and it draws us closer to God. Like, I gotta tell you about Angela. Angela is uh, one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, Angela it was a member of one of my churches that we were previously at in Florida. And, uh, and Angela, when I first met Angela, I was like, ooh. Like, Angela was scary. Like Angela was, I was a little afraid of Angela at first, but then I found out that Angela is just one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. And Angela, when we, when we moved from that church to, to another church, um, we, we show up at our new house and you know what was sitting on the doorstep waiting for us? Food. Like Angela had sent food to, uh, to our new church to, to greet us and to welcome us to our new church. And then when Jen had surgery and was out for a few weeks, Angela was sending us food, and she loves food, and she loves to share food, and she was sharing food with us, and, and she was so kind, but Angela's kind beyond just sharing food. Like, like, to this day, and this has been years, to this day, I get text messages from Angela, and Angela will text me and say, hey, I'm just checking in on you. How are things in Kentucky? How are you doing? Have you taken two days off this week? When are you going to take vacation? And Angela's always checking up on us, and checking up on our family to make sure we're okay. So I have a prayer. I have a prayer team that I send out prayer letters to every week, maybe every other week. Uh, most of the people are in Florida. Some of you are on my prayer team, and and I just send out prayer requests saying, hey, here's what's going on in Eastern Kentucky. Here's some things you can pray for. Here's some things that you can celebrate. And and I shared that one of the things that uh, that, that we could pray for is uh, we're we're traveling to Florida. And Angela's on my prayer team. And as soon as I hit send on my email, I get this text from Angela. So I hear you're going to be in Florida. Are we going to get a chance to meet up. I'd love to hug your all's family and, and let you know that I care about you. That's just the kindness. And every time I experience the kindness that comes from people like Angela, I draw closer to God, right? And Angela and I draw closer together. And, and Jen and Angela, our family draws closer together because of her kindness. And here's what I know too, is that it, her kindness has also helped her as a person to grow closer to God as she's prompted to be kind Someone once said these words, they said, when we open ourselves up, when you and I, when we open ourselves up to uh, the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, when we ask him to produce in us kind hearts that overflow through kind lips and acts of love, that see, when you and I, when we invite the Holy Spirit to lead us in our kindness, that kindness overflows out of us, through our kind lips, and through our acts of love towards other people. And listen, here's what I know to be true, that when we open ourselves up to kindness, that we can hear the voice of God leading us and prompting us to show kindness to one another. And kindness is a powerful testimony, but it also draws us as a church closer to God and closer to one another. The next thing I want you to know about kindness is that kindness breaks down barriers. It breaks down barriers. Like, like you know that some of us have walls up, right? And, and even in here, that some of us have walls up in our lives, and, and, and it's hard for other people to break in. And I would say that, like, at first, when I first met Angela, I thought she was going to be one of those people. I learned real quick that I was completely wrong. But there are people in our lives that they put up these walls and it's hard to break through and we don't know how to reach out to them or we don't know how to be kind to them because they have this rough exterior because they got this huge brick wall in front of them and they keep us at a distance. It's kind of like the story of these two ladies that used to work together. And, and they used to even not only work together, but they went to church together. And, and, and they both applied for a job that came up in their department. And both of them really wanted this new job and this new opportunity. And, and let's just call them Sally and Susie. And, uh, and Sally got the job, right? But Susie, she thought it was really unfair because she felt like she had the better credentials. She thought, I have worked for the company longer and I should have gotten the job. And so there's this resentment that Susie began to develop uh, between her and between her friend, Sally. And that resentment turned into bitterness and jealousy. And it also uh, led to hatred even and anger. And she started spreading these vicious rumors about her one-time friend, Sally. And in the end, Susie was so offended that she quit her job and she even quit going to church because Sally was there. And Sally didn't know what to do. Like she had built this wall and Sally didn't know how to break through and Sally didn't know how to, how to mend this relationship. And, and, but, but Sally kept, kept the door open just in case, just in case there was an opportunity to mend the relationship. And later she found out that Susie's husband left her uh, and, 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 and that she had these three kids that she had to raise on her own. And her mom was going to uh, be in the hospital for a week. And she had to find a full-time job because the job that she had was part-time. And, and so, so Sally heard about this. And she goes, there's my opportunity. Here's my opportunity. And so she decided that she would take a meal, that she would cook a meal and take it to her friend. And, 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 uh, and then though the Holy Spirit got involved, right? Like the Holy Spirit got involved and say, hey, I don't want you just to cook one meal for Susie, but I want you to cook five meals for Susie. And I don't just want you to cook five meals for Susie, but I want you to cook five really big meals for Susie so there'll be leftovers. So at the end of the day, she'll have 10 meals, And so Sally cooked all these meals. She was just a frenzy, cooking in the kitchen, cooking all these meals. She packed them all up. She went to Susie's house and she knocked on the door and Susie came to the door. And as Susie saw her, she just broke down and began to cry and weep. And she couldn't believe this act of kindness. And she even said, she said, I so regret what I did. Like, I'm so sorry, but I didn't know how to reconcile. I didn't know what to do to fix the relationship. And so they rekindled their friendship and Susie actually went back to church with Sally. And it all started with one act of kindness. You see, kindness breaks down barriers in our lives and the lives of people. You see, kindness uh, can break down even the most rough and hard exteriors of people. Romans chapter 12, 20 uh, puts it this way. It says this, it says, if your enemy is hungry... Buy him lunch. And it says, win him over with what? Kindness. For your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience and God will reward you with favor. You see, kindness breaks down those barriers, and sometimes it happens overnight. Like Sometimes it only takes one act of kindness to break down the barriers in other people's lives, but sometimes uh, it takes more than that. Sometimes it's not that easy, and it takes a few acts of kindness, and so sometimes we just have to be patient and keep on and keep on and keep on trying, and maybe there's someone in your life right, right now that maybe maybe they, they seem cold to you. Maybe they, they put up their walls, and they seem like you'll never break through the ice but we have this little light in us called Jesus and when we let that light shine it eventually melts down the the block of ice allowing us in and often and eventually as it melts so do they and we can become uh, build relationships with them so just keep on trying like sometimes kindness takes a while to break down those barriers But kindness really is a supernatural thing. Kindness really is our superpower, if you think about it. We can't do it on our own strength, though. Like, we can't do kindness on our own. It doesn't come naturally. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can share kindness with others. And we can break down barriers. And even when they don't deserve it or even when they don't return the kindness back to us, we do it anyway. When it's powered by the Holy Spirit, nothing is impossible. And isn't that what God did for us? I mean, think about God's kindness for us. It was because of his kindness that Jesus came, God with flesh on, came here on earth and and, and died on the cross for you and for me and rose from the dead. So shouldn't our kindness towards others reflect the kindness or the heart of God's kindness towards you and towards me? So kindness breaks down barriers Another effect of kindness is that it can open unexpected doors, that kindness can open unexpected doors, and it can bring supernatural connections that you never thought would happen. It's kind of like the missionary uh, that was, uh, they they lost their building that they had their missionary headquarters in, and so they had to find uh, a new building. And so they're driving around town and they're looking at all these buildings and they can't find the perfect one. Either it's too expensive or it's too broken down or it's not the right size. And so they finally go to this one building and they meet this realtor at this building and they walk through the building and there's this, uh, the the missionary noticed there's a couple in the corner and they're tidying up some area in the corner and they they take the tour of the building and the the building is immaculate. Like it is so clean. There's not a speck of dust on the floor. It's the perfect size, it's the perfect shape. It's got everything they want, but they're really like impressed by the cleanliness of this building. And and so the missionary thinks to himself, hey. Before I leave, like, I want to encourage the janitors over there. I want to encourage them. I want to show an act of kindness and let them know how amazing, what an amazing job they're doing keeping this place clean. And so they look through the building, and the realtor, they meet in the middle, and the realtor says, so what do you think? And they said, well, it's the perfect place, but we don't know if we can afford it. And the realtor gives them the number, and they're like, yeah, we definitely can't afford it. And the realtor gets, like, really upset with them and angry and says, why are you wasting my time, my time is precious and kind of storms out the door. And the missionary is left there and and, and just in in awe and wonder of what just happened. And so he wanders to his car and gets in his car and starts driving uh, back to uh, his house. And on the way back, he's like, oh, I forgot. I was going to show some kindness. I was going to go tell that couple what a great job they did. And so he turns around and he goes back. And the door's still unlocked and he walks into the building and there's that couple there and he walks up to the couple and goes, hey, he goes, I was just looking at the building and, and, uh, and I just wanted to tell you guys, I wanted to encourage you that you all are doing such an amazing job. Like this building is amazing and immaculate. And the couple looks at him and says, well, what did you, what did you think? Like, is, what did you think about the building? Is it going to work for you? And, and, uh, and, and, and he goes, well, the building's great. He says, it'd be perfect, but, but it's just too expensive. We can't afford it. It's not in our budget. And so, so the couple prods a little more and says, well, well, what do you want to use the building for? Like, what is your hopes and dreams for the building? And he told them if, if he could have the building, it would be the headquarters for his missionary organization. And as soon as he said that, this couple lights up and they get this huge smile on their face and their eyes start to twinkle. And they're like, they're like, well, we just got to let you know that we're not the cleaning crew here. Like, we're the owners. We're the owners of this building. And and we've been praying ever since we shut down our business. We've been praying that God would send someone here that would be all about growing the kingdom of God. And and they said to him, they said, you know what we'd love for you to do? We'd love for you to take three days and pray and fast. They said this to the missionary. We'd love for you to take three days and pray and fast and think about what would be a number that you could afford. And we're going to take three days and we're going to pray and fast. And we're going to think of a number too. And let's get back together in three days. Let's meet right here and see what God does. And so the missionary went off and prayed and the couple went off and prayed. And they come back three days later and they meet at the building and they both throw down a piece of paper on a table uh, with the figure, with a number that they could afford. And wouldn't you know that the number was the same on both sheets of paper, And so you never know what one single act of kindness can do that when we're kind to one another, it can open unexpected doors and it can open supernatural connections. Like if that guy would have never come back and said, hey, I just want to do an act of kindness. I just want to tell you what a great job you're doing. If he would have never done that, maybe he would have never found the headquarters for his missionary organization. It all started with one act of kindness. So let me just remind you, that you never know, you never know who you'll meet when sharing kindness. But here's what I do know is that everyone in this room and everyone out there deserves our kindness. Everyone deserves our kindness. Listen, kindness can open supernatural doors. So you and I, we should pursue kindness. We should pursue kindness, not just 21 days out of the year, but we should pursue kindness every day And it's not just something random that we do, but it's something that we do intentionally. And if kindness changes everything, including the church, then no wonder Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He says, now, about your love for one another. He says, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, it says, you do all of God's. Uh, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Now, what Paul's saying here, he's writing to the church, and he's saying to the church at Thessalonica, which is a great word to mess up. Thessalonica, he says to them, he says, "Listen, you guys are doing such an amazing job at loving one another. Like you, you have been taught by God Himself on how to love each other inside the church, and I just want you to know, you're doing an amazing, amazing." job he says in fact you do uh you do love all of god's family throughout macedonia he's like you're loving not just the people in your church but man it is spreading throughout the area and he's telling them what a good job you did and i want you to know i think that we at warehouse church are doing an amazing job at loving one another like we are a friendly and welcoming bunch however Paul doesn't stop there because if you read the rest of verse 10, he says these words in verse 10 at the end. He says that, yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so much, much more and more. He's like, I urge you, you're doing a great job. High fives, you're doing wonderful, but I want you to not stop. Like, don't let your foot off the gas pedal, but keep going and do more and more acts of kindness. He's like, I urge you to do more and more. And listen, there's more that you and I that we can do that we can love one another more than we already are, that we can, we can show kindness to each other in this room more than we already are, that there are more people in this room that can come on board uh, with us and partner with the church and spread kindness around here and out there. We can do more. And so how do we do this? How do we express and receive kindness? Let me just wrap it up by giving you a few ways that you can do that. And, and it starts out with Ephesians chapter five. And again, Paul's writing this and he says, hey, he says, watch what God does. Watch what God does and then do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Isn't that true? Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him, stay close to him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but his love was extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. And then Paul says, love like that. So the first thing that I want you to encourage you to do is watch what God does. Watch what God does. If you want to ramp up your kindness, follow God. What has he done in your life? How has He blessed you? And that's how you bless the people around you. God's love wasn't cautious, it was extravagant. it wasn't um, conditional. it was unconditional, so we should show kindness in the very same way, that when we observe God's love and His kindness, as we read the Bible and as we learn and observe, we should love like that. Paul said at the last words, "Love like that. Love like that. We receive kindness from God first. We learn from him and and then we share that kindness with others. We share that kindness with others. You see, when I spend time in the presence of God, when I spend time reading his word, when I spend time interacting with God through prayer and sharing and listening, when I when I when I do that, it changes me. It changes the, me from the inside out and you see I need to first be filled with God's love before I can give God's love away. I need to be in the presence of God before I can give it away. You can't give what you don't have. So watch what God does. Romans chapter 12 verse 11 says this, uh, Paul again speaking, he says, Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Be enthusiastic, like, like don't say, oh, Pastor Rick told me I gotta go be kind, oh, go be kind. But be enthusiastic and joyful about it. I can't wait to go out and serve. Be en- enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward Him, towards God, boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let Him fill you with the excitement as you serve Him. Every time Angela has served us, we feel the radiating love from God oozing out of her into us. That's how it works. And Paul's saying, listen, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. So another way that we receive kindness and and display it is when we serve the church. How we express kindness in here is we serve one another. It makes such a difference when we serve the church. We're better off when we serve the church. We're less critical when we serve the church. We understand things better when we serve the church. Serving creates ownership, and and you become a part of something bigger than yourself. It makes such a difference in the ability to express kindness to the people around us when we're serving the church. So let me just ask you, are you serving Like, are you serving? Have you found a place to serve? Uh, Find a place because serving the church is a part of sharing kindness. And listen, if if you'll get involved here at Warehouse Church, you will see things differently and kindness will grow in you like a wildfire. Your faith will grow when you're serving the church. Number three is this, you gotta love your church. Don't just serve it, but love your church. We should always be bragging about the great things that are happening here. Like, I love the moment when I could tell the guy at the cash register at El Azul, oh, that's people from my church, and that's what we do. I love bragging about Warehouse Church. I love when people say, well, where, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Well, where do you, where are you a pastor at? Warehouse Church. I love that church. It's a great church. It's an amazing church. We should brag about our church. We should be proud of our church, and we should tell others about it. Is it the perfect church? No. Are there times when we are going to disappoint one another? Probably. Are there times where maybe we'll feel rejected? Maybe. It's not a perfect church. But why is it not a perfect church? (laughs) Well, mostly it's not a perfect church because I'm here. And it's not a perfect church because you're here. And none of us are perfect. But the Bible tells us that we should hold on to good things. And the church is a good thing, that we should meditate about good things, and we should speak positive about things, and we should speak positive about our church. We are a good church doing good things, and so we should love our church and let others know about it. Number four is kindness grows when you remember that behind every person is a story. Behind every person is a story. There's a reason why people are the way that they are, right? Like, I, I want to share with you a story of a guy named Ryan. It's not his real name, but we're going to go with Ryan. And Ryan is like this, one of the only people that I have to actually look up to. Like, not just kind of look, glance up, but I got to look up to. Because Ryan's like six foot nine or something. He's just a huge guy. And, uh, and Ryan is so big that he scares people just by his, just by his sheer size. But then if, if Ryan begins to talk, he has a speech impediment. And then people are like, what's going on? Like, he can't talk, he's huge, and and he can be scary. Like, I imagine if Ryan walked through the doors of our church, security would be like, hey, watch this guy over here, right? Like, they they would just do that because it's just, he just, the way he's big, and he he, kind of is, kind of meanders in. But if you got to know Ryan, you would find that he is the gentle giant. He is just truly a gentle giant. And, And if you got to hear his story, you would understand why he acts the way he does, like Ryan was hit by a car when he was young and that's created uh, his speech impediment and it created some, some learning challenges that he has. And, and his family had a nasty divorce and, and, and so they, they, it was just an ugly tear up in his family and, and that's left scars and wounds in his life. And people, they do fear him. They fear him and they, kinda, they run from him at times because of his sheer size and because he doesn't speak the way everyone else talks and, and, and he doesn't act the way that everyone else talks. And, and, and so he's been scarred by that, and he tends to, like, hang out in the back because of that. And so I would just share with you, though, but if you got to know Ryan, you would know that he is so kind and gentle and loving. And so I would just encourage you that, that we need to always be aware that behind every person there's a story and we need to know that our kindness grows when we understand that and that we should be kind to people no matter what. Romans chapter 12 verses 10 and 16 uh, puts it, it, says this, it says, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers. Be devoted, like be committed to loving each other in this room. As members of one family, try to, I love this, try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Try and outkind each other, right? Like what would that look like if we're always constantly trying to outdo one another in kindness? And and it goes on and it says this, live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be mindful of one one another's worth as you are your own. We should be aware of one another, We should should respect and honor one another no matter what, remembering that behind every face, there's a story. And finally, kindness is not a fluffy feeling that just magically appears or comes over us or something that we only do on our best days. But here's what we need to remember, that kindness is a choice. Kindness is a choice. We must intentionally choose to practice kindness and when we choose to be kind, we act in ways that show compassion and concern and thoughtfulness towards one another. So choosing kindness is choosing love over hate. Choosing kindness is choosing light over darkness. Choosing kindness is choosing compassion over judgment. It's choosing to put others' needs before our own. That's what kindness is. Philippians wraps it up and says this. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, here's what he says, then make my joy complete by what? By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. And then verse three, do nothing. Check this out, church. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Loving or living a life of kindness is a choice of putting others' needs before our own. It's a choice we make every day. It's not something that comes naturally, but it's something that we must choose to do. And the best way to do this The best way to live a life of kindness is to every day wake up and every day ask the Holy Spirit to ignite kindness in you. God, I'm about to put my feet on the floor. And Lord, today, I know I'm not perfect, but would you ignite in me kindness that would flow out of me into the lives of others? Would you show me opportunities for kindness and would you give me the courage to respond through the leading of your Holy Spirit you see if you want to live a life of kindness church you got to invite the Holy Spirit to be the one that creates kindness in you the Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace patience and kindness goodness self-control kindness is not something that just happens. It's something that is ignited and powered by the Holy Spirit. So I just want to invite you as a church to be kind to one another, to love one another in the way that God has loved you. That of all the places that we go throughout the week, this should be a place where we experience God's kindness we offer it to one another so today as we wrap up i want to offer you we're going to pray and, and you're welcome to come and pray up here at the foot of the cross if you will and you're you're invited to come and spend time in prayer but maybe today maybe you need to do something a little different maybe there's someone in this room that you've been holding bitterness towards Maybe there's someone in this room that you have resentment towards or maybe there's something that they did that hurt your feelings and you've been holding on to unforgiveness. Let me just invite you. You can come and pray or maybe while we're singing, maybe you walk up to that person. Like nobody's gonna be paying attention. Maybe you walk up to them and say, hey, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? I've been holding on to resentment. I've been holding on to bitterness. I just want to know, want you to know that I love you, Would you forgive me. That takes courage. That takes boldness. That's kindness. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your kindness. God, it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. It's your kindness that leads us to a relationship with you. It's your kindness that draws people to you. Father, maybe there's someone in this room today that you're drawing them to you as they hear about your kindness. Lord, maybe there's someone in this room that has never given their life to you and today would be the day that they would say yes, Lord. Or maybe there's someone in this room today that's been hurt by the church and the church hasn't been kind to them and they've walked away. And maybe they're coming back to saying, I'll just give it one more chance. God, maybe today be the day that they experience your kindness. Lord, maybe there's some folks in here that we've been holding bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness or anger towards someone else in the room. Maybe today's the day that we need to to show kindness by asking for forgiveness, by confessing our bitterness and our anger and our resentment towards someone and saying, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? God, you know what's going on in our hearts. You know what we hold on to. Lord, my prayer is, is that our church, that Warehouse Church would be known for its kindness. Not just its kindness for the people in here, but its kindness for the people out there. May we be known as, oh, that's that church on Water Gap Road that's always showing kindness. Lord, speak to us now. and your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts as we sing together. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Why don't we stand up together and let's sing. And again, if you're felt led, come pray up here. Our house is your house. If you felt led, maybe you need to go and talk to somebody. Whatever it is, you make it happen as the Holy Spirit leads you.